Hi, I'm Amanda. And I'm Katie. And we're the founders of the Best Life Moms Club and hosts of That Pregnancy Podcast. We are two moms with a bunch of kids under the age of three. Five to be exact. And we know firsthand how hard it is to be a mom. So we're talking about all the topics that no one ever talked to us about. And not only is it hard being a mom, but it can be lonely and isolating, which is another reason why we're here to help moms like you know that you're not alone. Now, it's important to know that we are not doctors or medical professionals in any way. So always talk to your doctor or healthcare provider with any questions or concerns about your health or the health of your baby. We are moms sharing our lived experience and talking about all things pregnancy and life as a mom. So let's have a chat. Hello and welcome to That Pregnancy Podcast. This week, we are talking with Rachel about her pregnancy and giving birth in a birth center. So this week is part one and part two will be airing next week. Rachel is one of the awesome mamas in our mommy mentorship program. So if you're looking for a tribe of ladies who are going through the same experiences at the same time as you are, check out our mommy mentorship program. Uh, There's an awesome group of women and we have lots of great information for you. We have guest expert masterclasses and uh, we even have monthly cheat sheets as to what you can expect with your baby every month. So let's get into this week's episode. Rachel, how about you tell us a little bit about your pregnancy? I guess the common theme throughout my entire journey is learning to listen to my intuition and let go of expectations. And so uh, before getting pregnant, um, I struggled a lot with my health. And I just will share a little bit of this because this kind of ties into why I ended up making the decisions I made in the long run. Um, I struggled a lot with my health throughout high school and college, a lot of Uh, just a host of unexplained symptoms. And so I ended up getting that after working with a lot of different people and finally finding a practitioner, uh, more of a natural practitioner to help me. I was diagnosed with autoimmune disease, Hashimoto's. Um, And so that affects the thyroid and thyroid is really important when you're trying to get pregnant. (laughs) Yeah. I, I didn't realize that you had Hashimoto's. Yeah. Yeah. And Hashimoto's, I wouldn't, label that as my official diagnosis. It was like a layer. It was like, you know, which came first, the chicken or the egg, you know, the Hashimoto's was related to other stuff. Um, I just had a lot of gut imbalances, hormone imbalances. Uh, my cycle was all over the place up until I was about 19. So things were just not working as they should. And it just compounded. Um, so when my husband and I started discussing, Hey, I think we're kind of ready to have a kid. We've been married for about three years and, you know, we were really getting the itch to start a family. Um, but I was really, really, really sick at the time. I was just dealing with a lot of stress, a lot of, uh, hormone imbalances, um, just a lot of mood swings, uh, trouble sleeping, weight loss, skin problems. It was just, so much going on. So I really felt it in my 
gut literally and figuratively <laughs> that I needed to get this addressed before I even thought about trying to start, uh, you know, a family, you know, to get pregnant. I just like, how can I even think about trying to grow a baby if I can't even understand my body and what's going on? It just does not feel right. So I worked with a practitioner um, and got my thyroid results back and consulted with her and a few other people. And I was told, you know, it probably is wise based off of my results that I hold off trying, you know, to conceive uh, just because it would be very difficult. And if I did, it would be uncertain if I would be able to keep the baby uh, throughout the entire pregnancy. So I spent about another two years healing my body and it was a big lifestyle change. So it was, I was, I had already been healthy, healthy, (laughs) you know, at least I thought, uh, but I had to change a lot of habits, uh, diet supplementation, but I essentially through a lot of work was able to put myself in remission. Um, and then 2019, I had everything retested and stuff looked really good. My levels looked great. My gut was great. I felt the best I had ever felt. I looked like I felt good. I had good weight. Um, and so we kind of got the green light in the fall to, you know, now's the time to try, but be prepared, you know, for it to take a long time. You know, it might take a long time. It might not. Um, but you know, your body's been through a lot. So my, uh, practitioner just kind of said, you know, just keep this in mind, you know, that, you know, it might take a while. Um, so I think she was just trying to set me up to not get my hopes up too high. You know, I think even if you're perfectly health healthy, you have all these expectations when you're wanting to start, you know, and infertility is a real and raw thing. Um, it's, you just, you can't take it lightly, you know, it's a serious matter. So, um, I really, you know, did a lot of praying, um, and just, okay. Talk to my husband. I said, we're going to start trying, but I don't want the focus to be on, am I pregnant? Is this the time? You know, are you pregnant yet? I said, let's just act like nothing's different. (laughs) Ignore it. I'm just ignoring it. That's what we did too. Yeah. Yeah, just, we're just like, you know, we're just not going to be on birth control. We're not going to yeah, try, try yeah. but like not, not yes. try. Right. Yeah. yeah. Yes. It's you're, pressure yeah. Off. you're actively not trying to not get pregnant, but then in your mind, you're <laughs> telling yourself that you're not actively trying to get pregnant, even though yeah. you kind of do want to get pregnant. I'm, you're like, I don't want to put the pressure on, but yeah. Fingers crossed. Yes. Yeah. And it's so funny because you, you talk about, well, I want to, let's just act like nothing's different, but in my brain and deep down inside every time, you know, I was like, is this the time, you know? And, but, you know, you, you just try to contain all the stress and the expectations. Um, so within it, I think three to four months though, I, there were a few times where I had some like false hopes, you know, I thought, Oh, I had, I was late in my cycle, you know, and I was like, Nope, not going to do the test. I'm going to do the test. No, I'm not going to do the test. I'm going to do the test. (laughs) I'm just going to check, you know, I'm like 24 hours late. Maybe I should check, you know, so it's, it's a roller coaster of check. Don't check. So there were, I think I had a couple times, uh, that I thought maybe I was pregnant, but I wasn't. And then, um, leap year day, February 29th, 
I just woke up. I was two days late. I just woke up. I did not have any extreme, like early symptoms, but I just woke up and I said, I think I'm pregnant. And wow. I, I just, I just immediately thought that in my head clear as day. And it was in the morning on a Saturday. And I just stuck into the bathroom because my husband was asleep. I had a test from the last time. Cause the box always comes with like two. So I'm like, took out the last test. I'm like, this is the only one I have. So if it's positive, I might freak and not be able to retest. Um, but yeah, it said it was positive and I just had a huge sense of relief, but at the same exact time, extreme panic. And I said, Oh my gosh, I, what have I, what's happened? <laughs> I know like, I think, I don't know about you, Mina, but like when you just said like, I'm a relief, but then you have that emotion, that tidal wave of emotion of like the, Oh my goodness. I, what is going to happen? Like, it's just this, Oh my goodness moment of fear and yeah, like a reality check, like, Oh my goodness, this is going to happen. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's a also- really, overwhelming moment, isn't it? Like, at least I found it very overwhelming because like you have that, those nerves of waiting for the test results and you're like back and forth and you're like, "Ah, I don't want to look, I'm going to look, I don't want to look. And you're like, "Ah, has it been three minutes yet? Like, and then you look and it's the slowest three minutes or two minutes or whatever the time is. And then you're, and then you're like, "Uh, uh, uh," you can't breathe. And you're just like, and then you see it and it's just like, oh my God. Oh, literally there's what else can you do than just be like, Yeah. It's like, it's yeah. conflicting. You're excited. You're pregnant, but you're like, oh my gosh, like it's I'm pregnant. Terrifying. Right? <laughs> yeah. 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 Yes. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's, it's so many emotions. And then it's like, I don't know. It's almost like you're, you're going through something similar to the five stages of grief where you're like in denial and then you're in acceptance. And then you're, you know, like I was just sitting there like, okay, okay. Okay. You know, it's like a lot of, <laughs> And then I'm just in the bathroom holding it like, okay, no, it says I'm pregnant, but mm, probably not real. So just, you know, <laughs> you check the expiry date of the box. You're like, is this test still good? I'm not sure. Yeah. yeah. Is that a line or is that like just ink bleeding from some other part of the test? I don't know. Uh, but it was clear. I mean, it was a very clear, it wasn't one of those faded, barely there. It was straight, straight on positive. So I took the test back into the bedroom and my husband had woken up and, um, he was, I said, Oh, my parents had just left. They had been visiting. Um, and I said, Oh, I have a gift from my mom. She wanted me to give this to you. I forgot to do it. So you close your eyes and I'll just put in your hands. And he's like, okay, whatever. And I just placed the test in his hands. And then he opens his eyes and he's just looking at the test, not saying anything for like a solid, like two to five minutes. And I'm like, do I need to tell you what that means? You know, he's like, wait, really? So it was, we were both, I think he experienced the same thing. You know, he just sat there looking at it. I think he was processing everything, you know, cause you hope for it for so long and then it's there, but then you're afraid that it might not be real. Yeah. And so, you know, it, it is, it is not just straight on happy. Like I, you know, you see in the movies or you like maybe hear, through stories that aren't, you know, giving all the details. So yeah, but yeah. it was leap year day. Leap year day being a special day. And then you're like, oh, I'm going to do this. Like, I know it like just makes it so much more special. Like, how can you, you can't forget that. Like, no, that's no, a very special. Yeah. 
So then like with your pregnancy, did you have a good pregnancy with, you know, after the initial shock of, oh my goodness, we're doing this Were was things. Okay. Did you have a good pregnancy? Yeah, I did. I'm very, very thankful. And I, I don't say this lightly. I'm very thankful to say that I did have a really good pregnancy. Um, I had very minimal amounts of stress and my symptoms were mostly manageable. Um, at the time when I found out I was pregnant, I was still, uh, riding full time. So I'm a horse trainer. I had a business, my own business. So I was doing freelance work at other barns in the area, riding a lot of horses and coaching people. Um, so I was really active, really busy. And I had decided before we started trying, I, I knew I needed to have a game plan, you know, of what I was going to do uh, with riding young horses. Um, I do mostly dressage training. And so I'm dealing with a lot of really big horses that are learning things and it can be high risk. I mean, riding in general, there's a risk. Um, so when I found out I was pregnant, I had decided before we even started trying that I was going to uh, just see how I felt right when I found out. Um, I was going to call uh, the uh, practice of OBs that I had in mind to work with in the beginning and just ask their advice, call, Hey, I'm pregnant. You know, what do you recommend I do? And then kind of decide from there, but I did know I did not want to ride my entire pregnancy. Um, there are horse trainers that can, they do it and to each their own. But I, you know, I knew in my gut that I, I would need to take a step back from that. So I called the practice of OBs that I had worked with for most of my pregnancy. I called and I said, I'm pregnant. What do I do? You know, and it's so funny you call and you're so excited and they go, we'll see you, you know, in like two months. <laughs> yeah. And like, like, we need a blood work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You mean I just live my yeah. life? Like there's nothing going on? Like, yeah. Yeah. So question yeah, for you, do you go to your, your family doctor first? Like, here you go to your family doctor first and then once you're like near the third trimester you go to the ob unless you're high risk what's it like in florida yeah unless you're high risk well i mean i don't know how it works for each individual because i think we have several different options but for me i found out i was pregnant and i just called the practice of ob's in the area that worked with my insurance and uh i started working with them immediately so um, I just called them and uh, said, hey, I'm pregnant. Uh, you know, these, I got a positive test. What do I do? And they, you know, they collected my information and got me into their system and then got me on the calendar for my first appointment, which I think was at 10, nine weeks, I think was my first appointment. So I think you, you do also have the option to start with your, uh, you know, your primary care doctor, but most of the time they get set up with their OB right away. Um, that's my understanding at least. <laughs> yeah. It changes everywhere, right? Like mm-hmm. it's different in Canada versus the States and, and I know and provinces every... are different and States are different, right? Yeah. Like depending where you are. So and right, different, right. Sur- different insurance has different rules and protocols. Like everything right. is very different. Yeah. Especially here. Insurance is a, is a big deciding factor for a lot of us moms here, especially in the States. Um, and so that was, at least for me, you know, I was, so I was writing at the time called the practice of obese, talked to the receptionist and nurse on staff there. And I said, I just said, 
by the way, I'm a horse trainer and I've been doing this, you know, I've been riding horses for the past, you know, 15 years of my life. Um, you know, what are, what are your recommendations? And I, she told me, Hey, your body's been doing this, your body, like, this is just like any other form of exercise. You know, your body is really accustomed to it. And so as long as you feel comfortable, we're fine with you riding, but of course we're also going to tell you it's a risk. So, you know, we would advise you to take a break when you feel like you're ready to. Um, so I did appreciate that because they did really leave it up to me. Like, do you feel comfortable and can you take in the risks versus the benefits of what you're doing? I had, um, I had a similar conversation when I found out I was pregnant with Freya because we were at the fertility clinic. Um, and I was still riding at the time. And I said like, oh my goodness, like I'm going to, Peter was like, you know, she rides and she's been, and I wasn't even riding different horses. Like I've been, I had been riding my horse for 10 years and I'd ridden since I was before I could walk. Like it was a lifelong activity for me. And, and the nurse was like, do you really, you're at a fertility clinic. And she's like, ultimately the choice is up to you. But she said, Mm -hmm. like, do you want to run the risk of, of, you know, something potentially happening? And Peter, Mm -hmm. I remember Peter said, he was like, you love your horse, but he's a dick. (laughs) And like, like, he has moods and he was like, it's not worth the risk. And so like Peter and I, he was like, I, I'm not comfortable you being in that situation. But like you said, it was all the nurse said, like, it's really up to you because you've been doing it and it's not a new activity, but there is a risk and you have to think about is the risk worth, worth it? Like, is your enjoyment worth the risk? And so yeah, similar to you, I stopped as well. Um, yeah. but it is, yeah, it's nice to be able to be given that choice, but also the freedom, the guidance of like, okay, like you need to think yeah. about it. Yeah. What's, what's the best option for you. And I think also they weren't too surprised because this practice had told me they had had a few other moms that were horse trainers come through. So they were not surprised by me presenting this question. Um, and I think they also kind of knew that a lot of uh, horsewomen by nature are pretty independent and stubborn. And so they were kind of like, you know, you know, we've given advice before and you eventually they just end up, they still end up doing what they feel like they should do. Um, yeah. and I, I knew for me, I said, okay, I was finishing up a few, uh, contracts with some clients and I, I knew I could ride for a few more weeks and, uh, and then I would end it there. And I think I stopped riding by 10 weeks right after I went to my first appointment um, at the OB. So that's the whole writing portion of it. And then the rest of my pregnancy was horse free, which was the first time in a long time. (laughs) And you were healthy, like everything was smooth and you were doing okay. Yeah, I did fine. I had a lot of nausea in the first trimester. I was, I was the type where I had nausea. I did not have the morning sickness. I had the all day sickness. I never threw up, but I really felt like I was going to throw up constantly. Yeah. I think you're preaching to the choir on that one. That's totally (laughs) me every time. Yeah. And this was the beginning of 2020. So there was a lot going on. Um, You know, uh, I went to my uh, first appointment, well, all of my appointments. So I guess I should clarify that I started out with a practice of OBs in the area that worked with our insurance. My husband was working a job that had really great 
benefits. And so we had just kind of automatically assumed that given with the insurance we had, this is the route we would go, practice of OBs and then hospital uh, for the birth. Um, and so I started working with them and this is my first appointment was right after all of the pandemic stuff went out. Um, and so they kind of said, Hey, nobody can come with you for any of the appointments right now. Uh, so that was not expected at all, right? When you picture your pregnancy and you picture going to the first appointment with your husband, hearing the heartbeat for the first time, it was all solo. And then I would like bring little pictures or recordings out to my husband. Um, and so that was, that was strange. That was a strange experience. So I really feel for all the moms that kind of had this picture in their mind of what something would be like, and then it's not, uh, but you know, we still find a way to work through it. So, um, I, first appointment I went to, my husband sat in the car and I, we heard the heartbeat. I was really nauseous that nausea was kicking in all the time. Uh, and, uh, my husband thankfully was home a lot during that time. We spent a lot of time during my nauseous season, uh, drinking smoothies because all I wanted was fruit. I had a huge aversion to anything meat. I was just going to hurl if there was any kind of meat around. Uh, we did a lot of smoothies and we played a lot of Stardew Valley, which is just a farming game on our laptops together when we were in lockdown <laughs> because it was distracting for me and didn't require a lot of effort. Um, so that's just a fond memory we have now smoothies and Stardew Valley. <laughs> so whenever you have a smoothie, you're like, Oh, I remember. Yeah. Yeah, but I felt great. First trimester, just really nauseous, a little sciatic pain. Um, I worked as a home health care agent for an elderly woman during my the rest of my pregnancy. So that was my job transition. And I did that a few times a week. So I was thankful for that. It was indoors, AC. I was pregnant during the whole summer. Um, and so here in South Florida, summer is like summer times 10. Like they, we take it to the next level. Um, so being pregnant was, you know, definitely like, I just wanted to never wear any clothes at all ever. <laughs> <laughs> Thank goodness for AC then. Yeah. Yeah. But I, you know, other than the sciatic pain and the nausea that went away second trimester. Um, and I do want to clarify that during this time I was seeing this practice of OBs for my regular appointments, you know, every few weeks, you know, you go in. Um, you know, it's like a month apart and then it gets a little bit closer together. Um, and I enjoyed the practice. It was very professional. Um, but given my, uh, history of, you know, uh, healing myself naturally, um, I think in my gut, I really had, I knew I wanted to try and go for a natural, uh, birth and labor if I could, um, and when I was seeing this practice of OBs, I had to see about six of them because, they're on call at different times. So I wasn't sure which one I was going to get when I went into labor. And I really clicked with a couple of them and I didn't click so much with a few of the others. Um, there was never, you know, any major conflict, but you just have that feeling, you know, when you're seeing, you're like, yeah, I would feel really comfortable having my baby in your presence. And maybe somebody else you're like, I don't, I don't know. I don't feel so comfortable. <laughs> yeah. It's just the vibe you get. Like sometimes, like mm -hmm. you said, you click with some and you don't click with others and you're like, and yeah. ultimately when you have your baby, you're stuck with whoever's on call. 
Right, right. So they want you to see everyone because you just don't know. They want to make sure every OB sees you. So when you do go into labor, they all at least know who you are and they know your history. Um, so, and this of course was 2020. So the pandemic, there was, everything was changing every month as we all remember. It was like every month there were new rules that you, you just didn't know. I wasn't able to tour the hospital um, I heard from some friends that had the, their babies there that they enjoyed it. And then I heard some other stories that they did not enjoy the experience. So I was just like, I don't know, man, you know, I feel like every day I'm getting more information and I just don't know what to do with it. Um, and I really long for my husband to be more involved in the process, you know, and I was really trying to navigate being pregnant for the first time and deciding, okay, is what's the right thing to do? Um, and of course, when you're dealing with your own pregnancy, you have options and you ultimately have to decide for yourself, you know, what is right for me and what's the best thing for my baby. Um, and so I think about, I think I was about 33, 32 weeks pregnant. Um, my mother-in-law, she's very intuitive and she is, she's not pushy, but she's very subtle with presenting information for me to take. <laughs> and she is very much holistic and natural, uh, minded like me. Uh, so we, I love, I get along great with my mother-in-law. I'm very thankful for that. Um, and she just would, you know, okay, what's your plan? Are you still, you know, planning to have your baby at the hospital? She used to be a Lelechi league leader. So she, uh, was really like, she just, was so knowledgeable, um, with a lot of things. And she said, okay, you know, just keep in mind, you know, if you really want to try for a natural birth and labor, you know, you're going to be hit with more challenges in a hospital, depending on where you're having your baby at. And because of what was going on with the pandemic, um, my husband was going to be the only one allowed in the hospital with me. And, you know, she said, he's going to have to really advocate for you, uh, depending on who you have on staff during that time. And there was just a lot of unknowns. So she recommended, I talked to, uh, a doula, a retired doula that had worked first at that hospital for years. She had worked with so many mothers and she said, Hey, here's her number. You should give her a call. Um, so I gave well, her a call. It's interesting because like what, what she was saying to you is so true, right? Like thinking about having your husband, having to be your advocate, like, and her recognizing, you know, the stress that it's already a stressful and overwhelming situation for a support person and a partner. Um, when you're in a labor and delivery room, especially for the first time. And then when you're, they're the only support person that puts a lot of pressure on them to be, you know, aware and feeling empowered enough to stand up and, and advocate. So that is like good for her for being so intuitive about it because she's so, it's so true. Yeah. Yeah. She, Mo mother's she, instinct, right? Yeah. Yeah. And she was, she was a seasoned mom, you know, she, she just, I really appreciate her and I hope she listens to this. You know, I know she probably will because I appreciate her so much. She really was the, the driving force behind me gaining the confidence to make the decisions that I already knew deep down for the decisions I wanted to make. I just felt, I just lacked the confidence, you know, because I, it was my first time. Um, so the doula came to our house, um, and met with my husband and I, and she just kind of said, well, what kind of birth 
would you like? What feels right for you? And I said, I, I want to have the freedom to move whenever I want to move. I don't want to be tied down anywhere. Um, I really, you know, have worked so hard to get to know my body through healing from my autoimmune problems that I just felt like I really wanted to follow my body's lead. And I wanted to be in a setting and an environment where I felt like I had complete calm and uh, I had the clarity to make those decisions and follow my body's lead. And she's, you know, she shared some information with the experience that she's had in the hospital. And she said, this is what you're going to be, you know, presented with when you experience this in your labor, you'll be presented with these options. And so I really appreciated her because she was just matter of fact, she wasn't pushing me in any direction. She just said, okay, if this comes up, you know, this will be presented as an option for you. And you probably won't want to take this option because it'll lead to this next option, uh, depending on how you want to have your baby. Um, and then I burst out. To, I had a whole meltdown in front of her. I think I terrified her because it was like this release of everything I had pent up. All those desires just came out. And her and my husband both looked at me like, what have we done? They're like, and my husband said, this is really important to you, isn't it? And I just, it was a whole, just a whole moment of complete release and going, okay, you know, I, I think I know what I can do next. She said, I think you should go toward the birth center, um, which was about an hour away. And I didn't even know I had looked into birth centers and I did, I kind of sort of for a minute, uh, looked into home birth, but as a first time mom, I was like, Oh, that seems really, that's like, that's, that's a big deal. At least in my mind, I was like, I don't know. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I, a home birth sounds terrifying to me. And I know there are yes. a lot of women who that is their goal and they love it. And that's their safe space. To me, that sounds very scary, just like me personally. So I'm agree with you. Like, Ugh. but like the birth center yeah. sounds like a really nice kind of yeah. middle ground between a home birth and a hospital birth. Yeah, because yeah. birth centers will have more medical equipment than you would have at your house, right? In case right. they need to intervene. Right. But right. they it's still try of, to do it naturally. Exactly. So it's kind of more, it, the birth center, it, it, I kind of see it as a bridge between both worlds. It's yeah. kind of, you know, it's, it's definitely the mother leads how she would like to birth her baby. But um, I think it's also comforting for mothers that have never, they want to go naturally, but a home birth, just, they feel so uncertain about that. Um, this just offers a, an option where you feel like, okay, uh, you know, they work with the hospital. They, you know, there's just a lot, a lot more in place. Um, and also uh, we were renting. So I just, again, was like, oh, that's just not, that's not on the table. Um, you, want, even... <laughs> you want to make sure you get your, uh, your damage deposit back. So right. That... <laughs> right. <laughs> so she suggested us, we toured the birth center, uh, which was in Stewart about an hour from where we live. And, uh, I said, I, I'm like, Oh, I didn't even know there, that was an option. I said, it probably doesn't work with our insurance because when I had called my insurance at the beginning, I had actually asked them about a birth center and they said, Oh, there's none in network in your area. Um, so I said, okay, well, we're just going to continue to go with the original plan. My husband and I thought we had in place. And so hearing about this birth center, the doula said, just go tour it. And I said, 
you know, I'm almost 34 weeks pregnant. I'm like, I've been pretty committed to, you know, this original plan for a long time. And she said, just call them. If they have a spot in you, a spot to work with you, then they'll let you know. And so I called the birth center and the midwife asked me when my due date was. And I told her uh, my original due date was November 7th. And she said, yep, we have a spot for you at the birth center. And she said, unfortunately, we can't, uh, we don't have a spot for a home birth. So I'm hoping you want to do a birth center birth. I'm like, yep, birth center it is. (laughs) That was totally meant to be. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, it just completely removed all other options. And so my husband and I went to go tour the birth center. Um, and I just remember driving there very pregnant. I was 33, 34 weeks pregnant. And I just, the whole drive there was an hour. I'm like, Isaac, this is an hour away. Our hospital was 10 minutes away that we were originally going to, I'm like, are we going to be able to do this? And Isaac's like, I don't know, man. He's like, let's just go and find out. Uh, he's like, if they said that they could work with you, then they've had other moms that have been about an hour away, make it in time. Um, and we showed up to the birth center. And I remember walking up to the building. I'm like, this is where you can have a baby. Uh, Cause we walked up and, you know, I used to seeing a big hospital building. This was a smaller building and we walked in and it was like walking into uh, a family I had never met. I walked in and there was uh soft music in the background. There were families with all their kids there, pregnant mamas, the midwife said, come on in. And I just looked at Isaac and we both without saying, just looked at each other and said, this is where we're having our baby. Wow. <laughs> Cause I just immediately felt like, uh, a weight had been lifted. Um, and we met with the, the head midwife and she had a consultation with us and she said, okay, what it, what do you guys want to do? And we said, Hey, we're considering options. You know, can you accept it? She said, we do have room. And, uh, I had a ton of questions because, you know, I said, what happens when this happens? You know, are you guys prepared for this? What are your protocols? What are your transfer rates? You know, that's important when you look into a birth center is how often are they having to transfer a mama from the birth center to the hospital for intervention? Um, and they had a really low transfer rate Um, And she was extremely professional, extremely confident. She had all of her facts lined up. I, she answered all my questions without hesitation. And I just felt really reassured that these midwives really knew what they were doing. Good for you for going in with like a list of questions and, you know, being thorough because you get that gut feeling of when you walk, like how you said that you walked in, you're like, oh, this is, this is where we're going to have our baby. But then. There's also the reality of it. Like, I need to make sure that this is where we're going to have it and they can do it. And so good for you for being, you know, prepared and having those questions and advocating so that you had the whole picture and all the facts to, to make you really feel comfortable in your decision to that, that yes, this is where we're going to do it. Yeah. Yeah. And you should always be able to ask, I think, questions, no matter who you're using, like they, you should be able to confidently ask questions. And I feel like you can ask any question. Like there's no such thing as a stupid, dumb, not important question. And they should be able to answer, they should be able to answer it and look you right in the eye and give you the information you need to make your own informed decision as a mom. And not, and not make you feel bad about it either. Right. Right. Because they are working for you. You're not working for them. And I had to keep reminding myself, I'm very much a people pleaser. 
I really don't like conflict. Um, so, you know, I can put myself in positions where I feel like, oh, I don't want to hurt their feelings, but I don't know, becoming pregnant, it puts a fire in you that I feel like you just, you just like nothing else matters over the safety and health of you and your baby. Um, so these midwives just, I mean, the whole, the whole situation, they were prepared for, you know, a lot of emergencies. They knew exactly what to do. They had birthed a lot of babies. Um, I can't even remember the number of births they had had at that center, but it was really reassuring. Um, and she said, let's listen to the baby's heartbeat. My husband got to hear the baby's heartbeat for the very first time at 34 weeks, wow. um, which was really impactful for him. Um, and the midwife looked at my husband and said, I just want to let you know, you're going to be involved. She's like, you know, if you want to come here and experience a birth at this birth center, you as a dad, she's like, you're going to have a really specific job helping this, your wife out. And I really appreciated that too, because she immediately included my husband in the experience as we were a team. Um, and she said, you know, it, you're going to be the only person she looks for when she hits a point in her labor that she feels like she can't do it. She's like, so you've got to be ready. Um, and she was dead serious. So I appreciated that, you know, yeah. that she immediately brought my husband into it. He was not just in the background. Um, and we toured the birth center and it, it was set up where they had, it looked like just a two really cozy bedrooms, like Airbnb bedrooms with a big uh, shower, a huge shower set up. And they also had the option for a water burst. So each room had a tub. So if you wanted to labor or have a water birth, that was also an option. And I just thought to myself, yes, this is what I really felt like my, bo my body wanted the options. I just kept thinking that every time I said, I wanna be able to move. And so looking at these rooms, I felt really reassured. Um, and, uh, then we met with the, well, I guess, yeah, that's it for the first appointment. We met with the head midwife toward it all. And then they said, okay, uh, give us your insurance. We might actually work with your insurance. And I was like, are you serious? <laughs> and so they're even better. Uh, yeah. <laughs> they, they looked into it and actually our insurance was going to cover some of it. Um, and so that again, was just another, another, uh, reassurance, like this is the right decision. Um, so they said, you know, go home and just give us a call. If you decide you want to work with us, we'll get you on the schedule for your next appointment. And the minute my husband and I got in the car, we just, my husband looked at me and said, we're having your baby here. He's like, I don't care what we have to do to make up the difference that insurance isn't going to cover. He said, we're going to make it work. You are having your baby here. And I was just so relieved, you know, that he was so supportive. He knew he could just tell a difference in my entire demeanor when I was there. I was just relaxed. I was not that I wasn't at the uh, practice of OBs I went to. And that's another thing. I didn't have a negative experience, but it was very conflicting for what I felt inside. I knew was the best option for me and my body. Um, and so it wasn't a bad experience. And I think some people expect that when I share my stories, they go, Oh, you must've really hated them and they treated you wrong. I'm like, no, they were, they were great. I just was going against my intuition. <laughs> well, and one thing too, is like when you're, when you have your heart and your mind set and your goal set as an unmedicated birth, 
you, the reality is when you have go with an OB and a hospital birth, the likelihood or the chances of intervention are, are higher. And also too, like you said, how you click with some OBs and you don't click with others. And ultimately you get who you get, who's on call. Sometimes those people that you don't click with are not necessarily as open. Those doctors are not necessarily as open or supportive to mothers, especially first time moms who are trying to test, test, trust their body and Mm -hmm. advocate for themselves, but they're not open to hearing it because they feel like we need to speed this up or things are not going the way that they want it to go. And so there is sometimes, there are a lot of stories of, of OBs who are not supportive or open to listening and allowing mothers to advocate for what they want and how they want their births to go. Um, Mm -hmm. so you, you are correct in that. And like, I think when you step away from that kind of institutional space, there's a more openness to supporting moms with the unmedication of their births and Mm -hmm. allowing them more time to labor before starting to do interventions. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 It's definitely, um, yeah. Just like you said, having one, one intervention ultimately will lead to another is kind of how the doula explained it to me. And she, of course, clarified, you know, interventions are not in of themselves, bad things, but if you're striving, to, if you really feel like the way you want to labor is going and is natural, and that's going to be how you feel like you can birth your baby the best, then having intervention lead to another intervention. It's kind of a domino effect. And um, one of the OBs I did see when she asked me how I was wanting to labor, I said I really want to try and go natural. She wasn't mean, uh, but she did say, well. She said, that's what I wanted with my first, but that quickly changed. Um, And so that was one of the OBs where I thought, oh, is she going to be supportive or is she going to not take me seriously? You know, it's kind of um, some of them can make you feel like, well, that's a nice thought, sweetie, but just wait. You're going to want, you know, to have this intervention or that intervention. Um, And I, I wanted to be in a setting where I felt really empowered by my decisions. And if they were educated and I felt like, you know, after researching and asking questions that they were safe for both me and my baby, then surely, um, I should be allowed to have the freedom to choose those options. So, um, I really felt that when I was in the birthing center, they were just so relaxed in their sense, you know, however you want to labor, we are going to support you. But if we feel like something needs to change for you or your baby. She, they said, we will let you know. Um, if it's an emergency, we're not going to give you an option. So I really felt very safe in that setting. Um, you know, it wasn't like some backwoods building where, you know, (laughs) there was, you know, no guidance. And, um, I just, as a first time mom, you, you want to feel safe. That I think is the number one. And you want to feel like your baby is taken care of. So yeah, I met with my, we called the birthing center the day after we had our consultation and we said, yep, we're going to get set up with you guys. I called my practice of OBs and just said, Hey, I'm transferring. They gave me no uh, difficulty transferring. They were just like, okay, that's fine. You can come pick up your paperwork. 
I feel um, like that says a lot too. When mm-hmm. you know that they're like, okay, yeah. I yeah. think <laughs> I, I I feel like not just in like the realm of birth and like doctors and but like in any space, I feel like if somebody's not willing to fight for you, then it's not right for you. Yeah. So yeah, they they didn't even ask why. They just said, okay, you can come pick up your paperwork. And so um again, it was confirming that my intuition uh was correct and I just really needed to uh gain the confidence to follow it a little bit more. And so we met with uh who was going to be my midwife at this birthing center they have you meet with all the midwives um kind of like they did at the OB practice. Um, just because the midwives are going to be on call as well. Um, but it was, I believe four total much smaller. Um, and I also met with their assistants. So throughout the rest of my pregnancy, I was pretty much going every week at that point. Um, and I met with the main midwife, uh, who was going to hopefully be present for my birth. Um, but I also met with a few others and it was very, a very relaxed setting, um, They were mostly just checking in on me each appointment, uh, you know, asking questions. Um, Everything was optional for me. If I wanted to be, if I wanted to have a cervical check, they would add, you know, it's just, they were very, they were very good at presenting everything as, would you like this? If you don't want it, that's totally fine. Um, And they explained everything very well, uh, which I appreciated. Thank you for listening to this episode of That Pregnancy Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas for an upcoming show, we would love to hear from you. You can connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. We are at Best Life Moms Club. Until next time.